We have some breaking news on this Saturday. Overnight, it was reported that new Latin mass closures were coming, and these are big. One formal announcement has been made, and credible sources claim that a major group are about to be kicked out of the most important archdiocese in the United States today. All of that serves as a backdrop for the main story. The priest canceled by his bishop to appease Francis has given an exclusive interview to Barate Celi, and he reminds us that we must do our duties in the face of this repressive reign coming from Rome. All of these serve as a good backdrop to the regular Saturday upload I have for you today that went live not terribly long ago this morning. And it's a lesson on the crisis in the church. Watch that after you're done with this, if you're so inclined, because it gives us a good history about the state of things in the United States in the years after the council. And it won't sound that different than things today, as if nothing has really changed in any significant way. Let's begin with the Latin mass closures. Credible sources are reporting that Cardinal Blaise Supich is going to kick the Institute of Christ the King, sovereign priest out of the Archdiocese of Chicago. The formal announcement will be coming in the next few days or weeks, likely at the same time that Cardinal Wilton Gregory of Washington, D.C. issues his formal decree that will end the Apostolic Mass in D.C. A brief history lesson is important here. As Restoring the Faith reminds us in a post of his on Twitter, a few years ago, the Shrine of Christ the King in Chicago, which, is, which was run by the Institute, caught fire and was destroyed. Cardinal Supich kept the $2 million insurance and told the Institute to go out and fundraise instead, which they've done, asking for donations from families around the world. Now, this news has come on them, showing the duplicity of Supich, but it gets better. We have a formal announcement out of the Diocese of Savannah, Georgia. Not only are Latin masses basically ending in that diocese starting in May of 2023, they received consultation from Rome instructing them to end the Latin mass in their diocese. And by consultation, I mean the decision was made by Rome rather explicitly after Bishop Parks asked them for some help. They told him to end it. And some people scoffed when I said that they were trying to end the Latin mass altogether. Here's the relevant part from that decree. It's short here. Quote, after prayer and discernment, I, Bishop Parks, wrote to the Congregation for Divine Worship, now the Dicastery for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments, in mid-April to request permissions for specific parish churches in our diocese. In late May, I received a response from Rome containing the following. The Mass, according to the Massali Romanum of 1962, may be celebrated at the Parish of the Sacred Heart in Savannah on a weekly basis until May 20th, 2023. The Mass, according to the Masale Romanum of 1962, may be celebrated at the parishes of Most Holy Trinity in Augusta, St. Joseph, and Macon, and St. Anthony of Padua and Ray City on a monthly basis until May 20, 2023. End quote. Elsewhere in the decree, Bishop Stephen Parks states that it will be an end of the Apostolic Mass in the diocese. This leads us to the real topic at hand. Duty. Will you continue to listen to people who are clearly waging war on the traditional faith and traditional mass and traditional priestly fraternities, people who spread lies and misinformation about them? Many people still think that the SSPX are in schism. They're not. They've never been declared to be by Rome. And given that Rome is clearly in a state of apostasy at this point, they have no authority to declare any group to be in schism. And apostasy isn't my word for the condition of Rome. That's a description given by Our Lady of La Salette by Father Malachi Martin, the latter of whom explicitly used that word apostasy to describe the Vatican in the, in the 1990s. And a shout out to the listener who reminded me of that 
just yesterday in an email, will you submit to them and to their paid voices in America who tell you to go to clown masses or to mediocre masses where your family will be taught the new religion of apostate Rome? That priest who was canceled by his bishop to appease Francis was asked explicitly about his so-called illicit ordination and if he'll continue to function as a priest in France in defiance of Rome. He, Father Reed, says he will do his duty to his religious community and to the laity who support them, meaning, yes, he'll continue to function as a priest. He'll resist these illicit orders. The priest is, as I said, Dom Alcuin Reed, whom I reported on a couple of months ago. He has been the target of a lot of nasty attacks since this all went down. He gave an interview to Barate Chaley that I recommend you read in full. I have a couple of ex excerpts here meant to help you see clearly in this torrent of cancellations coming from Rome and from Supich, Parks, and Gregory. Father Reed reports that the automatic suspension for his ordination was lifted by Rome initially, but then reimposed by his bishop, which itself is more than dubious, canonically speaking. Imagine a person being pardoned by a governor and then having a court reimpose the same sentence after the pardon. That's what they're saying here. He's asked if he'll carry on with his vocation and mission despite the suspension. Here's his response. Quote, that it is our vocation and our duty to which we are vowed before Almighty God. We must be faithful to that. We can do nothing else without becoming mere hirelings that flee with the onset of the wolves. See the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 23. If we must be canonically independent for a while, so be it. We do not wish this, of course, and shall ensure that we maintain good relations with other monastics and shall invite appropriately experienced monks to make visitations every three years, and so on. If we must be independent, we must not become insular. In time, in God's providence, the authorities will come to recognize the integrity of our life and grant us the appropriate authorization, as has happened in the not-so-distant past, end quote. His interview at Rurate Chaley asks him, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by the, in the not-so-distant past? Here's he, he's referring to organizations that the controlled Catholic media tell you are schismatic, but in reality are not. Quote, The most obvious parallel is that of the first two decades of the history of the Abbey of Le Beru. Its founder, Dom Gerard Calvé, was suspended and expelled from the Benedict, Benedictine order for having his men ordained without permission. Those ordained were suspended also only for him to be blessed as an abbot by a cardinal sent by the Vatican some 15 years later. Let us not forget the origins of the Fraternity of St. Peter or of the Institute of the Good Shepherd. They would not exist today if it were not for the conscientious disobedience of several decades ago that ensured that the Society of St. Pius X continued on when it was canonically suppressed in the 1970s. People who benefit from the good work of these institutes today, or indeed who admire the Abbey of Le Beru, should not forget the fact that they exist today because historically their founders took conscientious decisions to ignore parts of canon law and decrees of suppression that would have otherwise brought about their death. Our times unfortunately seem to be becoming as extraordinary as were theirs and may well necessitate similar actions." End quote. Father Reed is not alone in this either. Anytime someone tries to start a group of monks or nuns and is forced to adhere to the traditions of how these groups are started, before they receive canonical rec recognition and are guilty of the crime of being traditionalist orders, gets dubbed a fake monk or fake nun by these controlled voices. I saw people referring to Mother Miriam as a fake nun. Well, she's not a fake nun. She used to go to my parish, to be honest with you, and that was a FSSP parish. I go to numerous parishes, one of them being an FSSP parish, and she used to go there. 
Her order of nuns are a victim of the current repression coming from Rome. To call them fake is a slander against them, fueled by wicked outlets and wicked commentators who want more than anything to defend a slightly moderate version of the current status quo in Rome. And that's what they want. They're complicit in the crisis in the church. Father Reed is asked about the future of his monastery and his vocation. He plans to carry on, living his vocation faithfully and serving his order. Quote, the future holds a traditional monastic observance of prayer and work with each day revolving around the eight canonical hours of the divine office and holy mass. It holds an integrity of liturgical and sacramental life according to the older forms of the Roman rite. We use the 1953 Missal for Holy Week, including the minor and major ordination rites. It holds manual and intellectual work according to the monastic tradition and such pastoral work as may be necessary to serve people who come to us in need if we are to enter into another age of persecution. That is to say, it holds nothing unusual for we monk monks seeking to live the traditional Benedictine life. We don't seek to hyphenate ourselves according to any particular devotion or non-monastic spirituality. The rule is enough. Probably the future holds a good deal of investment in the forming of men so that they can themselves carry the torch of traditional Benedictine life alight in the coming decades. We are working hard on the restoration of our medieval buildings so as to accommodate them. Your readers can help with this through their prayers and their support. The only reason we can continue on is due to the fiscal independence we have through the providential help given by our oblates, friends, and benefactors. Certainly, we shall continue to sing the office and offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass and welcome guests and form and nurture vocations and offer pastoral care as best we are able, but we rely on God's providence to do so. We are confident that it will not be lacking. End quote. History is full of stories of men of the cloth and religious resisting the lawful authorities of the church and winning. They're counted among the saints today. I'll close this bonus Saturday video out with words of wisdom from two such saints. The first is from St. Kajetan, who tells us to resist and ignore the diet decrees of wicked prelates like this, even popes. His, his quote here is famous. It's been widely cited in academic works, even though some people dispute it, which is really funny. Quote, one must resist the pope who openly destroys the church, end quote. And yes, for those who doubt the very concept of that, there have been heretical popes before, and real scoundrels on the throne of Peter, and they must be resisted. Their evil decrees are to be ignored and resisted. St. Thomas Aquinas states that we must not obey all things either, only if they demand good things. Quote, it is written, we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, sometimes the things commanded by a superior are against God. Therefore, superiors are not to be obeyed in all things. End quote. That's from the Summa, by the way. <laughs> The first doctor of the church, St. Athanasius, told us that Catholics faithful to tradition can be reduced to a handful. He wrote during the Arian crisis when the global episcopacy defected to Arianism and, and Pope Liberius went into heresy, he signed a her and the Pope then signed a heretical decree and invalidly excommunicated St. Athanasius. Sound familiar? Should, if you're familiar with the recent history of the post-conciliar era of the church. And other heretical bishops of the Eastern rites of the church followed Pope Liberius into this error. Even if Catholics, according to St. Athanasius, quote, even if Catholics faithful to tradition are reduced to a handful, they are the ones who are the true church of Jesus Christ. St. Vincent of Larens is the father of the church, most associated with the defense of the unchanging doctrines of sacred tradition. It is the subject of his main treatise, the Commentary, 
He foresaw our situation, that if the whole church could go into heresy, we must keep to the traditional faith handed down from the fathers. Quote, what then should a Catholic do if some portion of the church attaches itself from communion of the universal faith? What choice can he make if some new contagion attempts to poison no longer a small part of the church, but the whole church at once? Then his great concern will be to attach himself to antiquity, which can no longer be led astray by any lying novelty, end quote. It's weird. The doctors of the church saw this coming. They gave us our instructions. Rome can censure. They can unlawfully excommunicate. They can suppress. They can ban our masses. They can twist papal infallibility, teach you incorrectly what that actually means. They can ban our masses and their voices who demand total obedience can chastise us and try to warn the faithful away from us. It's all illicit when they do those things. They are not to be obeyed. Take that with you this weekend. Prayerfully start thinking about what you'll do when this comes to your diocese, because it is expected that when Wilton Gregory hammers the Latin Mass in Washington, D.C., it will set off a domino effect across the United States, with many dioceses banning or severely suppressing their Latin Masses, and that many religious orders will be functionally destroyed in the process. So let me know what you think about this in the comments, and what you plan to do if and when this happens. And like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. Share this on social media if you can, that helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.